It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer, brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Austin O'Neill, Kirk Elliott, sitting in with us as he does each and every Monday and Friday here on Mostly Motorsports. Got a lot to talk about, man. So much happening with the National Open Trophy Cup, World of Outlaw Late Models running around the Midwest here. We've got plenty to talk about today. Kirk, how you doing, bud? You doing all right? I'm doing great. I'm glad the uh, gully washer we've got out there uh, held off until today instead of yesterday. Right, right. Happy but, about that. Yeah, no, it's all good, but we needed the rain around here. Yeah, if it's going to rain, do it on a Monday, and that's what it's doing. So, Kirk, just so uh, let's just talk about it for a second. You, you guys are in the farm farming business. Has it been a rough year because of the rain? No rain up there. Yeah, I think it's been uh, drier than normal, uh, for sure. Uh, but uh, there's still there's still a crop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're still going to harvest a crop this year. Not sure what the yields are going to be, but right, right. Maybe not as good as a lot of years, but. I think it's still going to be there. Yeah. So uh, you and Austin were talking a little uh, Formula One action here just a little bit ago. Tell me yeah, about yeah, that. Well, Austin and I were talking on Saturday, or, you know, we were all talking on our Saturday show, track right. talk about. Uh, I wasn't talking as much about it. You know, it, Max Verstappen was going to win the race unless something happens to him. That, right. that was my prediction. Right. And he had a bad pit stop. And it made the race interesting because he lost the lead to Lewis Hamilton. And the big question was, Austin, was Max Verstappen going to be able to chase down the seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton for the win? And the answer is he did. Yeah, I, you asked me that with 20 to go. I tell you, no, I didn't. <clears throat> with the tire compounds that Max was on, he was on a medium, which the life expectancy on that is about 18 to 20 laps and the hards which was lewis's compound was about oh you know i think 22 to 25 so with only you know about 20 laps to go in the race i just didn't think that you know max could keep his tires alive long enough um to overcome the five second deficit to lewis and then drive by him uh passing getting to him is one thing passing was another and driving away is another so uh, I didn't know if he was going to be able to do it, and he proved why he's a you know back-to-back two-time world champion. Uh, I got to say that race was was pretty interesting. I'm glad that um, you know the 440,000 fans uh, in attendance uh, had a pretty good show. We had uh, you know two safety cars, one wild accident on the back stretch, uh, you know drama with pit stops. You know Sebastian Vettel goes goes from leading the race to uh, in sixth place, uh, with a bad pit stop and, and, you know, goes from six to, you know, on back, you know, with that. So, uh, it was, it was definitely an interesting, you know, United States Grand Prix, but, uh, I'm glad, you know, Max was able to pick up his, I think, 13th win of the year and, uh, they were able to, to lock out, you know, both the driver and constructors championship. How many races do they have in a year? Uh, about, I think next year is 20. Or 23 races. So one driver's won 13 races this year? Yes. 
That's uh, does pretty that, close. Does that pretty say, close to record, isn't it? Does that say anything about Formula One? Just saying that one driver is dominating at 20 races that they're going to run. I don't know how many races they're running this year, but one team wins 13 races. Does that make that exciting when you see one team win 13 races? Oh, I'd like to see a little bit more parity in the sport, but right. uh, that's where they're at right now. It's hard to get that when each team builds their own race cars. It's, uh, you know, this isn't like NASCAR where they divvy out the parts and pieces and you go play with what we give you. This is a... This is a different deal. This whole technology and each team makes their own technology. Reminds, reminds me of Mark and, uh, not Mark, uh, Carl and Steve back in the day, back in the 80s when they built their own cars, motors, parts, and dominated the World of Outlaw Tour for, you know, for so many years. Mm. That's, mm. Just, that's, what, that's what you get when you're, when you're forced to take money out of your own pocket, develop it, and put it on the racetrack. I mean... Look at, we'll use sprint car racing for an example, or dirt racing right now. We go out and buy, uh, you know, cars and parts and stuff from the store, and that's it. And you build a car. You're not, I'm not out here building my own sprint car, or in this case, a Formula One car. So, you know, imagine if, if I built my own car, uh, you know, and I, I tricked it up or, or put a lot of money into it, the advantage I'd have over anybody else. All right. That's enough. For enough me. of that, huh? Enough of Formula I'm One. I'm surprised you didn't walk out right. of the room. You said on Saturday you walk out of the room. Right. Well, now I want to talk about the the National Open. Uh, I think most of us were right on money uh, when we said Lance Deweese was going to pick up his uh, fifth National Open at Williams Grove, but he got a little lucky there at one point during that race when when Brent Marks passed him for the lead. That caution came came out right then and there and that put Lance Deweese back into the lead Brent Marks back into second but I'm not sure that uh Lance Deweese passes Brent Marks if if uh if the yellow doesn't come out yeah he got extremely lucky this all came with about 12 laps to go when Darren Pittman brought out a yellow flag then on the restart before they could get a lap completed after Brent Marks had passed Lance DeWeese for the lead down in turn number one, red flag came out for Geo Selzy's crash with T.J. Stutz and uh, Brock Zierfoss. And since they hadn't completed a lap, guess what? Lance DeWeese back out in front. And he said after the race that he was, you know, he was more concerned about his receiver radio and not really focused, but he admitted that he was not going to get back by Brent Marks had that red flag not come out. Is the biggest story of the night Brad Sweet finishing 27th, having his problems there? And yeah. that, that tightens up the uh, the point race now. David Gravel 16 points mm. out of the lead going into the world finals. What do you guys think about all that? That's the first DNF that Brad Sweet's had all year. All year. year. Right. Uh, whenever a rear axle breaks, uh, you're not going to get that fixed right away. We've seen them change front axles, but when the rear axle breaks, your night is done. They, I mean, they made they a tried. valiant effort to try to get it they fixed, tried. but you know that just wasn't to be. So now we're going into the world finals with a little bit of drama. Brad Sweet's got to really work at it to hang on now. Yeah, no doubt about it. What What do you think about that? It, is that the biggest story of the night, or is it Lance DeWeese picking up his fifth National Open? I think the biggest story, to me personally, is Brad Sweet running 27th and the point lead now dropped down to 16 points. 
What do you think, Austin? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big deal. I called it. I said it'd either be a first lap accident with a full tank of fuel and somebody uh, just not compensating for that fuel load, or it'd be a part failure, which uh, is very rare to see from a full-time outlaw team where they run, you know, their parts 12 races and sell them to, you know, local or regional teams. And, uh, you know, we've seen, we've seen, you know, issues with, with park qualities this year. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, what the story is with this, but yeah, that's, that was a big deal. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. And, uh, you know, if you're David Gravel, you're, you know, you're running third at that point and, you know, you're just hoping you can finish, uh, you know, somewhere in the top 10 and make your trip into, you know, the world finals pretty easy. Uh, I got to give them a, a tip of the hat for trying to change it in the hot pit. That's, they were they were thrashing away trying to get it done, but there was just... That is the most dreaded job yeah. besides stuffing a bladder in sprint car racing. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably harder than stuffing a bladder. It's... Uh, I, I You know, you see, you've see seen teams with the Outlaws and the All-Stars have developed, um, you know, new parts and new ways to change things really fast and make their job really easy in the hot pit. And it's a matter of time until we're going to start seeing possibly rear end swaps in the hot pit it's 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 a long ways away i feel like but there's a possibility it could happen you know you get you get some you know brains together and and think about a way you can do it and uh you know we could we can make the drive line you know snap in and be a lot easier than what it is it has one snap ring and rubber boot on it and it's the hardest snap ring uh you'll probably fight with and in, in anything in auto racing so um yeah, like I said, it's just a matter of time before we can start seeing, you know, rear end swaps in, in the work area. How, how long does it usually take to switch out a rear end, Austin? If if you have enough help there, how fast do you think a person enough can help? Do it? Probably thirty minutes. Yeah, I'd say probably less than that. For for I, I can do it about thirty or so, uh, if I have all my stuff there. But I mean if you're an outlaw team you could probably knock that out in a hurry. 10 15 minutes and you got to try because what if another yellow flag comes out before they could get the next lap completed or maybe even a red flag then that would give them more time to get it fixed yeah i mean they had to try well i mean there's no doubt they had to try but the 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 effort was there but they just couldn't get it done in time and you you could see the look on on brad's face couldn't you yeah he'd already pulled his helmet off he'd already pulled his helmet off he knew that this was not going to happen they weren't going to be able to get that rear end put in there um he, he was pretty dejected you could tell he knew he knew this was a big blow to the points race he still he still can do it but it's it's gonna be uh a lot of stress for brad sweet over the next uh two weeks until uh, the world finals he's yeah. gonna he's gonna be losing some sleep <laughs> no doubt about that he's gonna be thinking about this he would have already been stressed out the way it is but now he's really stressed out how, about how it. many weeks ago was it and he had over 100 points wasn't it what? uh two weeks ago yeah and also something i didn't mention too on the rear end swaps is most of these guys ran 33 gallon tanks uh, for Williams Grove, like Danny Dietrich mentioned, he was burning over a gallon a lap. So, I mean, if you're going right. to run over 30 laps, you you got to have that thing full. And the other option is 28, and there's no way you're going to make it on 28, even if you're going halfway. And, and with the 28-gallon tanks, uh, the rear end can come out with the tank on it. But if you have a 33-gallon you know, ATL like most of these guys do, you have to pull the tank off. And if it's full of fuel like it was, uh, now you're sitting there trying to drain it and, and or pull it off, and that's right. – 
I couldn't tell you how much that weighs, but it yeah, there was a lot, a lot of factors right. they were going to run into that was going to you know hinder their process. Who who was it that had the tail tank that was smashed in? Sheldon. Sheldon, but he ended up coming back and, and ended up running fourteenth. Um, listen, I, I I have a little bit of a problem. They allowed him to put a ratchet strap on there to hold that bumper on. Did you see that? I didn't see on, it. On I the heard, left I, side. I heard they mentioned to mentioned yeah, it. They they put a ratchet strap on there. Do you think that they should allow that to happen? Somebody put a ratchet strap on there to hold a bumper on? Safety issue, isn't it? Oh, the bumper was fine in my opinion. I don't know why they even had an issue with it. Well, if it's pushed in on the tail tank, they won't let you run with that. Yeah, but we still run bladders, so it's just a shell. Well, it's it, their it, rule. They won't let you. They won't let you do it. Well, I've seen them do that a couple times, but, but I mean, if it's not leaking, that's not a problem. But normally, they they don't let you go out there with a bumper that's smashed, right? No, they don't. Isn't that right? Didn't we see that earlier this right. year? Somebody had a smashed bumper, and they wouldn't. They had let a hell go. of a time getting that old bumper off there to get the new one back on well they were beating on it with a sledgehammer did you see that and it flipped off of there one time that they were they were using a hammer to try to put it on yeah and then they got the big old sledgehammer out and the first time the guy hit it with the sledgehammer the bumper flew off and then they tried to put it back on and they put it on with a ratchet strap and then they uh i don't know what they did on the right hand side of it they must have got a bolt in on the right hand side of it but I just don't think they should allow a car to go out there with the ratchet, ratchet strap bumper. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Gibson or it's just my Chase, opinion. Chase Rodman or Johnny or one of the guys said that, uh, oh, I haven't seen them do them that before. Have not seen them try to put a ratchet strap on there before like that. Yeah. So they were even wondering if that was going to be allowed. Yeah. So, um, Tammy says, Scott, your two predictions came through. Lance DeWeese winning the Open. Mike Marler winning the World of Outlaw Late Models this weekend. Yeah, how about that? That was pretty good. Pretty good pick. Yeah, it was up there last night. I know. US 36. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. But, yeah, uh, yeah. no, the uh, Williams Grove race, uh, that was a fast racetrack. And even DeWeese had said at the beginning, that this track is lightning fast. And it's going to be hard to pass. Yeah. And he was right about that. Yeah, it was pretty fast. People don't realize how fast US 36 is. Uh, I mean, uh, Williams Gross. Williams Gross. Gross. Oh, okay. was the fast track. Yeah, okay. All right. But, uh, let's talk about uh, Trophy Cup. Uh, Tyler Courtney picks up the win there. Tanner Holmes was second. Corey Day was third. What you guys think about that race? Interesting. You know, it's... Uh, you win the overall points championship to get the cup. It's not like you win Saturday night's finale and that's the winner. They have this points where you accumulate the best. It's your best points night that uh, works. And then Saturday night, you accumulate points to win the trophy cup. Uh, but Shane Godelbeck starting in 20th position and had to work his way up to third, finished a couple of spots ahead of, Tyler Courtney to uh, nail down that uh, trophy cup. Pretty interesting race, not only that after Zeb Wise had gone out to a pretty healthy lead, the interesting part of the race was watching uh, Shane Godelbeck work his way up there to third. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I got to say this about the, the 57W car. Tyler Courtney started ninth. 
and still won that race. That's a pretty good feat considering who you're racing against, right? Or he won on Friday night. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, I mean, it's 80, what they have, 84 cars there? 87, I think, I the think first night. I think 86, the first, first or second night they had, right? Big car turnout. Yeah. And uh, I think the guaranteed money for Shane Goldbeck to win the cup was $28,000. They raise a lot of money for charity for this event, the Make-A-Wish Foundation and so forth. Uh, but I think uh, $28,000 what Shane Goldbeck walked out of there with on Saturday night at Thunderbolt. Was it that much? At least that much. Mm. Hmm. I thought I saw somewhere that it paid five grand to start the A. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but if it yeah, paid five sure grand to start, um, I might have to go. I might have to figure out how to get you out there. You might have to pull out there. If I, you, you I just, can't. But that's a tough field of cars to That's make. a very tough field of cars. Yeah. But how did Blake do? Five grand to start, that's that's huge. Yeah. How did Blake Hahn do out there um, on Saturday night? Um, I, he didn't make – did he make the A? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. No, I think he had a tough weekend out there. This first time he'd been out there. No, it isn't. Did it? No, second oh, time. I guess you'd ran ASCS out there before. No, no. Yeah. We, he went out there a couple years ago, and he was running up in the top five of that race, and he had a, he had a problem. If you don't, re if you remember that. Okay. You remember that, Kurt? I don't. You don't remember that. Hmm. You were there, so you'd probably remember. No, that. I wasn't. Oh, there. you weren't. There. No, no. Uh. -uh. No, he likes to go out there to the Thunder Bowl out there at Tulare and uh, run that race. I think that's the second time he's been out there. Do you remember that when he went out there that one time, that Austin? That was before my time with them. Yeah. Tommy said it was 2018. I didn't meet Blake until 2019, and I didn't really pay much attention to ASCS or the Tommy, trophy cut before then. Where were you running that that night that you went out there in 18? You were running in the A main. I can't remember exactly where you were running, but you had a problem. I remember that. But um, I know you were running up there towards the front, it seemed like to me. Yeah, it's uh, that's a pretty hefty field of cars they had out there. Third. They were running third. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... Anyway, um, I don't know. So, what what you guys think about uh, the Saturday night race? Which Zeb Wise, once he got out in front, he it's pretty over. much checked out, didn't mm -hmm. he? Rico was uh, what about a straightaway behind the leader there? Yeah, one point in the race. Did you I, think Rico was going to be able to run him down there for a bit? I didn't think so after the wait. The way Zeb Wise was running, I no, I didn't have any thoughts about Rico being able to chase him down at all. Did you? No. Uh. -uh. And, and you know, after such a great night, the first night out there at uh, Trophy Cup, Tyler Courtney ended up running. What did he run? Eighth. Eighth. Yeah. Eighth. He started nineteenth though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is how tough it is. Dominic Selzy ran twenty second after starting twenty fourth. I mean, think about that. That. That should explain just how difficult this is. I, I'm not sure he finished the race, to be honest with you. I don't think Dominic finished that race because Kyle Hurst and TK, they got together and they were in a wreck, and I know they didn't finish the race, and Dominic Selzy finished behind those guys. 
And Ryan Timms started 16th and ended up 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, pretty tough crowd out there. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, well, when we come back, I think we'll talk a little bit late model racing, right? We'll talk about what's going on, what happened uh, this weekend with the World of Outlaws at uh, Humboldt 81 and U.S. 36 Raceway up there in Osborne, Missouri. We'll talk about all that and more next right here on Mostly Motorsport. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum 
and our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Let's talk a little World of Outlaw late model action right now here on Mostly Motorsports. Had a big weekend of racing in this area. World of Outlaws racing at Humboldt, 81, and then U.S. 36 Raceway. Um, maybe we should talk about uh, Chase Youngins picking up this uh, – his win at Humboldt first. What do you want to talk about that, Kurt? Yeah, big home state victory yeah. for uh, Chase Young Ants at Humboldt Speedway the other night. Looked like he was going to win two out of three there for a little while after the way he ran last night, but Mike Merler had other ideas. But uh, Chase Youngins overall had a pretty good weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, let's just talk about Chase picking up that win. I think that was his first win um, in a long time, Chase Youngins. Yeah, he? he's got uh, four World of Outlaw career wins, but that was his first one since 2019. Yeah. And uh, he hadn't raced much. Uh, matter of fact, he said that was his first race since the Knoxville Nationals. Yeah, he hadn't been running full-time September this year. So. He hadn't been running all of the races. I wonder why they haven't been running full-time. Probably business. Got to keep the business going i'm not sure yeah i don't know but he picked up the ten thousand uh, dollars drives a rocket chassis so um you know did, did he have a, a did he feel like kirk that he might have had a, a, a an advantage racing at humboldt because he raced all those years with usmts and and he's got a few laps around there most of those guys that run with the world of outlaw late models never raced at that racetrack before I think that uh, Ryan Gustin and and both uh, Chase Youngins had a little bit of an advantage because they've raced at that racetrack before. King of America, they've run that race many times. Do you feel like they had a little bit of an advantage? Yeah, I think so. Just uh, yeah. familiarity with the racetrack. Ryan Gustin's a former King of America winner at Humboldt Speedway, so he's got a lot of laps around that place. Right. And so has Chase Youngins grew up at that racetrack even though he's from manhattan kansas they spent some time down there racing so yeah a lot of these other guys from the world of outlaw late models when we talked with dennis herb jr the other night he'd not been to humboldt speedway before uh but uh yeah i think that might have been just a little bit of an advantage uh, did you feel like there at one point that dennis herb might have a chance to uh beat chase because he kind of got up there close to him there towards the end of the race a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, he was pretty strong. There's a reason why Dennis Herb Jr. is leading the points right now, and he has expanded his point lead 
Looks like he's going to salt this thing away at the World Finals this weekend. And uh, Dennis Herb Jr. ran well enough this weekend, even though he didn't win any of the features, to uh, solidify himself for that championship. Well, let's just take a look at the the points right now. What did he? What was the? What was his point lead going into this weekend? Ninety-one points heading into Humboldt. He's a hundred and fifty-eight points ahead of Tanner yeah. English right now. But Tanner had some problems. Yeah. Right? Last night he had some issues. He, he broke a lower A arm on the right front of his car, yeah. and that set him behind the eight ball a little bit. I think brought out the only yellow flag of the race last night. Right. Right. Um, what about eighty-one Speedway? Um, what you think of that race there, Kirk? Brandon Shepard had it all figured out. Yeah. Uh, here's a guy that uh, said, you know, I went to Humboldt Speedway and we decided to put a different setup on it. And we were junk. We didn't run well at Humboldt. So we put back what we know and it worked. And now that gives us a lot of confidence going into tomorrow night, meaning U.S. 36 last night. So right. Brandon Shepard, as good as he was at 81 on Saturday night, he was not that good last night at U.S. 36. He qualified like 15th, and uh, he finished 8th last night. He didn't start too far back, so he wasn't nearly as good last night at U.S. Did, 36. Did he Ryan get 81. some sound from him? Uh, yes, we do have some sound from Brandon Shepard, who won that race at 81 Speedway. Big night, and here is what he had to say about his uh, win in the B5 car, the family-owned uh, car at 81 Speedway. First half of the race, I was trying to charge and thinking that I was making my time doing that. And uh, once I, you know, I, my stick guy started showing me that I had a little bit of a lead, and then that slowed me down a little bit, and I started changing a few things on what I was doing. And then I actually felt like I picked up time because I wasn't overrunning the corner and sliding up because this place has got a pretty bad shelf all the way around the top. And it makes it race really good and, and interesting, different than anywhere else, really. So, uh, uh, Dustin showed that inside a couple times. Did you even think about it? Uh, I thought about it, but I knew that it, I just knew that I had to figure out how to keep my momentum up, up high. And uh, once I figured out how to do that in one and two, then I could carry a little bit more speed on them starts, and I didn't, um, then I stopped seeing them on them restarts. So that uh, that was key to what, you know, kept me the lead. Pretty good momentum to, you know, when you start back in your next car next year, and, and last night at Humboldt, you were kind of working a few things out, and now you turn around and come back with a win. It's got to it's gotta set things in the right direction. It feels good for sure, you know. I, I really wish that, <laughs> I had a bunch of stuff changed on the car last night, thinking I was going to outsmart people, and, and it uh, it bit me bad because I was just terrible all night last night, and I couldn't get a handle on it. Tonight, uh, I put it back to what I know, and I was able to make adjustments and feel what I was feel what I was doing, and and feel what was making a difference and what was helping and hurting me. So that was uh, that was. You know, that was definitely made me feel really good and gave me some confidence going into tomorrow for sure. Well, it gives confidence going into tomorrow, but yet last night, the 14th qualifying, and that really put him behind the eight ball as far as getting a good start for last night's feature. You wonder what kind of a setup he had in the car last right. night, as good as it was on Saturday night. Well, he, he ran 11th at um, Humboldt. 
Yeah. So he he wasn't very happy with that performance that he had that the night before. So and he, and he was eighth last night after starting in fourteenth place. Fourteenth to eighth last night. Right. So um let's talk a little bit about um Man, there was some pretty good racing there at 81. I thought the racetrack was in pretty good condition. Oh, that was great race. They showed some – they really showed up and, and, and gave them a really good racetrack because at one time, um, I can't remember who it was. It was Brandon Shepard, Ryan Gustin, and somebody else racing three wide for the lead. So – all right, let's uh, let's go to the phone. I think uh, Ryan Raglan. He is can tell us who. Hey, Ryan, how you doing, bud? I will tell you what. Eighty-one Speedway probably exceeded expectations like you couldn't believe. It had everything: the crowd, the track is fantastic. What FOE Jr. and John has, has done with that track to to update it. It's it's literally a big money track, bar none. Hey, Billy Billy Moyer Senior was that third guy you were asking about there, Scott. It is. Yeah, yeah. Matt, okay. He he ran well the other night. Yeah, but, he was he, he was locked up to the top. He wasn't moving off of it. Yeah, it, it, he, they, he was, they went three wide a, there one time, didn't they, Ryan, uh, for the lead? Yeah, it, it, and him and just and kind of. Tagged in a little bit, but that was just, you know, that was just a racing deal and stuff. And uh, he had a shot at it. He wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna get off of it. That's just, that's just where he was set up for. And uh, but Brandon Shepard, uh, during the interview when I talked to him, said that uh, he, his crew kind of told him where he was with his facing, and he just started, you know rolling off of it a little bit sooner and, and rolling into the corner and was actually picking up time and gapping them better. And, you know, he, you know, they say slower might be a little bit faster getting into the corner. He was, he was overdoing it. And, uh, yeah, there was a couple times I, that lawyer had a shot, but yeah, Shepard had the cards for the night. Yeah. I think all three nights, the track conditions were pretty good. Wouldn't you say Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, um, obviously humble kind of kind of got locked down. Uh, when I was talking to Ben Shelton, he just he thought maybe in one and two, but three and four just it was just dusty and stuff, and, and you know it was just kind of fair game for everybody. But you know you you get what Mother Nature deals you with, and and they did the best they could, and it's it was still good racing, uh, phenomenal. You could run low and and high at eighty one. And you know, US thirty six was just that was just that bull ring that, you know, you could run it high and you could run it low and stuff or you could drive it in and do your slide jobs. I mean, it was a great three nights of racing. Yeah. Um what do you think was the best night of the three tracks, Brian? Saturday. Eighty one by far. No doubt. Not there's not even a question. I talked to Steve Francis when uh, everything was done when I was waiting to talk to uh, Brandon Shepard and he just, he goes, I am highly impressed. And he said he had never been there before. He said, but there is not a thing wrong with, with Humboldt or 81. And obviously he had been at 36 before. 
And uh, I asked him, I said, so what do, what do you think about making a, a regular, you know, maybe tossing Lakeside in it, make a three or four night, you know, weekend show out of it? He says, well, probably not next year. I said, no, you know, in, in the future, because that's probably possible. And I even dropped down the idea Ben Sheldon when I was talking with him and Ruben on an interview that uh, Todd busted his tail on and, and got up on YouTube for me, which I appreciate. I kind of dropped a hint. I go, you know, no, you know, everyone's kind of wondering what's going to happen with Silver Dollar National, the big show. I went, you could drop that thing right here and it would take off. And he goes, yeah, because it has a, a little bit of a I-80 Lucas Oil mix to it. Right. And and is th- there is there any rumors to what track they're going to take the Silver do- Dollar Nationals to? Have you heard anything? They, no, they haven't. They haven't said anything. Um, Francis really hadn't said anything when you know if he had heard anything. Uh, I, I think it's still up in the up in the air on what's going to happen. Joe Kosinski was actually out there. I saw him Saturday. He was out there with his. Uh, I think it was his son Andrew, and. Uh, Ben had said that when he talked to Joe, the papers hadn't been finalized or hadn't been signed. They were the last few details they were waiting. To... As of Saturday, the track yet had to been hasn't been sold yet. So who knows? But where the Silverdale Nationals is going to after that, no one's if if they know, no one's speaking about it. Right. Right. Hey, uh, let's talk a little bit about US 36 last night. Um, at one point, Mike Muller was running fifth. And he was able to get his way back up there and win the race. Let's talk about that race a little bit last night. First of all, um, I think they they got hurt a little bit with the crowd last night because Kirk was mentioning when he left to go up to the racetrack, it was raining, right, Kirk? Yeah, it was spitting rain when I left the house to drive up there. So that's going to kill your walk-up crowd. No doubt. Oh, by the way, the Chiefs are playing in the late afternoon on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt. And don't underestimate that. That has an effect as well. Yeah, yeah. Probably didn't probably didn't help any, but you tell, I, you can't be surprised about what Marler did because look what he did at Humboldt. You know, started you know deep in the field and made it all the way up to fourth. And you know, if there would have been a caution, he definitely would have been a player. Um, he was he was doing pretty well Saturday at eighty one and and had a I didn't hear what the what the issue was. And then you know he does the same thing at at 36 and he just picks him off and he kind of he kind of got chase in a little bit of a, a pick move and when chase got caught behind a lap car and after that he just you know he got a good gap on chase and chase never really could do anything with him and 36 was a you know was everything it's supposed to be and you know it's that that high bank fast and you know I, it was i you know, if you could if you could make three solid, three solid quality car counts at those tracks on right. a weekend, that's that's just that hey, would be beautiful. Let me let me ask you this: uh, the both of you were there, and and I couldn't go up there last night because Ryan wasn't there, but I was. Uh, yeah, oh, Ryan wasn't there last night. But was the track a little heavy last night? Uh, a little bit, but it was it was fast. Yeah, I mean it. It was so. Not, if it's fast, that means it was tacky. It it was tacky. Yeah, it was tacky racetrack last night, but it wasn't 
it wasn't to where you couldn't pass. I mean, there was some there was some action around, and Marler having to maneuver around those lap cars last night, that was really a sight to see. And he did a really Marler, good job. Marler was kind of stuck up top, too. He, yeah. He, I don't think he was going to let go of that one either. And then he just, whatever, you know, kind of like what Chase was talking about. Chase said he had his car well balanced, and he really didn't adjust the car that much, you know, from Humboldt 81 to 36. And I got to think that Marler was probably, you know, really quick at that. And, and you know, Marler had a great weekend, along with, the, you know, setting a track record at, at 81, which. Right. That's, it, that's pretty fast. Now, it, it listen, was, uh, Mike Muller, to be honest with you, um, he tried to work the top down there in one and two a couple times, but it, it seemed like it wasn't working for him, and he, he dropped to the bottom, but he still ripped the top down in three and four, though. Yeah, one yeah. and two down at the bottom. Down and, at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he had that thing set on kill last night. There's no doubt about it. They had a new engine in that car. They had to swap engines out after that problem they had down at 81 on Saturday night. And he was uh, not going to have the same crew guys helping him out. So there was a question whether he was even going to be there last night. And they had to pull in a couple of guys to help him out to, to uh, run that show last night. And here's well, the other. He had, he had talked about he had some friends that were in the stands. Yeah. That helped him out with uh, how to drive 36 and everything. So that didn't hurt him. Well, that was Mark Dotson in particular. Mark Dotson okay. is a big supporter of Mike Marler. And, that Tri Rivers is that's Mark Dotson right. on his and car. And Dotson, he's ran a lot of laps around that track himself. <laughs> he's won a lot of races up there. And he gave a yeah. few pointers to uh, Mike, Mike Marler how yeah. to get around that racetrack, which he admitted that helped him out. Yeah. Yeah, he was when he would drive it down into one, he was he was letting the car float up in two and he'd catch that cushion and just take off and then just rip the lip in three and four and he had, you know, you got to be able to maneuver like that and, and change on the fly, and he just had that rhythm going. You know, between him and him, Chase and Dennis Serve, those are the top three drivers for the weekend. Yeah, because yeah. I thought when Chase Youngins got out front last night, I thought he was the guy. I didn't think I was. Hoping, I didn't think I was he hoping. was going to be uh, taken over, but Mike Merler in that 157 card, he uh, he was the man last night. Chase Youngins yeah. led that race a little bit though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He led quite a bit of that race. Right. I think it was about 17 laps. It was a 40-lap race. I think 17 laps to go when Mike Marler grabbed the lead. He was hoping to pick he, up another win. Wouldn't you say his last win was, Kirk? 2019, 2019. prior to Friday night at Humboldt. Mm. The, uh, the one interesting thing, I don't know if you if you heard it, Kurt, on the, on the interview with Shepard that I had, but the last thing they were there when Francis won, Shepard and his dad were racing there, and I think Shepard. I think he said Shepard's dad blew a motor, and Francis ended up winning. So Shepard kind of had an idea of what he needed to do at 36, even though it had been a few years since they'd been there. Right. He had a little bit of a history there also. Yeah. Tough night for Tanner English, uh, who is currently second in the World of Outlaw points. He breaks that right uh, front lower A arm at the start of that race, and that really – that just – set him back a long ways didn't it yeah yeah that didn't that didn't help any plus on top of that he had some kind of ignition problem saturday at 81 uh during his heat and uh you could hear the car coming across and it it was fluttering and popping and snapping and he was you know kind of okay running running low and so he just had he had the gremlins on him all weekend it just wasn't a 
he wasn't enjoying himself too much. I think Dennis Herb's pretty much got this wrapped up. He's 158 points ahead of Tanner English right now in the points. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's Dennis Herb's championship. Yeah, they said he uh, mathematically has it sewn up, and he will be recognized in Charlotte at the uh, World Championships. Oh, they said he has it sewed up, huh? Yep, World of Outlaws had that uh, posted on on their Facebook page Mm. earlier this morning. How about that? Dennis Herb Jr. It's kind of interesting. Dennis Herb Jr. has got that. The the lady, just he and, and and the lady working on that race car. Right. I think so. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to see. You know, I didn't go to this trailer too much because with everything else I was doing. But that gal's good, and you know, I've heard a few interviews about that. And Dennis just—he drives what she puts in it. After he tells her what's going on with it, and she makes the adjustment, he goes in it, and it's worked out really well. So and it's just the two of them. I pretty much doubt you're going to try to fix what's not broken. You know who else is like that? Roger Crockett and his wife. They travel up yeah. and down the road together. Roger had a big night the other night. Yeah. One down there at, uh, what was that, Boyd Speedway the other night? Yeah, yeah. All right, Ryan. Well, we can't thank you enough for doing what you did for us, going up there and getting all that sound, man. We really appreciate you doing that for us, bud. Uh, it it was absolute blast. Uh, appreciate you guys letting me do it, and it's always fun. And I, if things work out right, I may be headed to St. Louis for the uh, – the the race in the dome. I'm trying to find out what my schedule is going to do with that. So all right, well, we'll, we'll if that we'll, happens, I'll let you know. All right, but thank you so much for everything you do for us, Ryan. All right, thanks so much, guys. Take it easy. There's Ryan Raglan. Now you've got some sound from Mike Muller from last night, right? I do. Let's hear from uh, the winner of last night at US 36 Raceway. Uh, you know, my car was really good. I was in fourth for a while, and it was kind of muddy to start, and I didn't put enough tear-offs on, so I ran out of tear-offs and had that caution about lap 20, and I was able to get my helmet all clean up where I could see what I was doing a little better. And I was just not with my vision low. I was really worried of hitting a wall down here in one and two the way I was driving. So so I got all that straightened up and could see the track way better and make some adjustments, and after that, my car was working really good. You said there were some nervous moments earlier in the day. Oh, yeah, we uh, we had to uh, change an engine, or we had an oil pump belt go up, or break last night, so... Uh, had to change an engine today and a uh, lot, lot of work and and uh, my I wasn't planning on running this race so my normal crew wasn't able to come so uh, we got some guys jumping over to help and uh, I'm just glad all the bolts stayed in I had a lot of good help today. How do you like this racetrack? It was awesome the racetrack was really fun to race on uh, the heart race was up here today this place here is really demanding as a, on you physically so uh, fun race. Did your good buddy Mark Dodson give you any pointers here? He did. That's what I said there on the front straightaway. Uh, he told me a little diamond line down here in three and four that worked good, so I got to use an ad, and it really was working really, really well. It's been an up and down year, hasn't it? Well, you know, for the most part, it's been a great year. I had a couple of instances, you know, I broke a broke a, a, a T10, T11 vertebrae in the spring, you know, and had a hard wreck at Bristol, then I did that deal at Wheatland. And uh, so, uh, so other than those little things there, uh, really the season's been great, really. Uh, uh, got a good car, good engines, good team. You know, it takes all that to be competitive. And I'm l- lucky lucky to be one of the guys that has it all. Yeah, there was one point in the season where he had like 15 top three finishes right. in a row, something like that. 17, I think. 17? Something like that, yeah. 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 So Mike said he'd be on the show tomorrow with us, right? Yeah, he said he'd come on. He's traveling today, but uh, yeah, he yeah. said he'd come on tomorrow. All Give right, so Mike Muller on tomorrow. And I can't wait to talk to him about that great little racetrack up there. Um, I, I feel so bad for John Bowler, um, the promoter of US 36 Raceway, because rain, listen, as you were driving up there, how did it rain on you almost all the way up there? No, I Sprinkled. ran out of it. I ran out of it 
you know, before I got to Liberty. Oh, did you? If you're sitting here in Kansas City and you see it you sprinkling see the clouds, outside, right. you're thinking about going to the racetrack, that's probably going to hold you back. You're not going to go. But, right. you know, the, the racetrack, you know, is windy this weekend. So, you know, you're, you're going to have a tendency to put more water on it than you mm-hmm. normally would think it's going to dry out. But you also got to remember it's October, so there's still moisture in the racetrack. So... And at, I saw this out at Lakeside Speedway the other night. It was way too much water on the racetrack. And, uh, you know, it, with the wind and everything, you know, I know there's a lot of finger pointing to the track. It was really windy stuff, yesterday, but, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really hard when the wind starts blowing how much yeah. water you're going to put on it. Sometimes you overdo it. All right. Hey, we want to remind everybody that the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is going to be giving away a brand-new 2023 Z06 uh, Corvette. This is the Z07 Performance Package. It's a pearl white Metallica tri-coat color. And I'm telling you folks, they're going to give you $25,000 in cash as well. They're going to be giving this away on Saturday, August 19, 2023. This is a 760 horse 5.5 LT6 V8 motor. It goes from six zero to 60 in 2.6 seconds, 8-speed automatic. This is a, this car here is the closest thing to a real race car that you can buy, folks. This is 760 horsepower motor in this car. Can you imagine driving around with 760 horsepower, Kurt? Could you do that? I, I probably couldn't handle it in your eyes. You, you, you could, you'd probably say... Now, Kirk can't handle that. I would not. That's not what I would say, Kirk. I would <laughs> tell you that you could pass those cars on the high side. You can't spin this thing out. That's what I tell Just you. Just don't let. Don't lift. Don't lift. Don't lift. You can't spin it out. You can't. That spin was your it advice out. to me when I drove that race car that one time. Yeah, that one time out there at I seventy Speedway. Anyway, so they're going to give you a seventy-five thousand dollar option. I don't think I would take the $75,000 option. I think I'd take the car and the $25,000. And then um, it, the, the car itself is worth $100,000, folks. There won't be any problem selling this car for $100,000. This is, again, the closest thing to a real race car. It is a true a Z06 performance package. This is a great race car. And, again, if you want to try to buy a raffle ticket, you can do so at winaz06corvette.com, winaz06corvette.com. And while you're doing it, why don't you buy you a Sprint Car raffle ticket as well? They've got a 2022 complete 410 Sprint Car that they're going to be giving away on Friday, December 16th. That's this year, folks. They're going to be giving away this Sprint Car. And, again, right before Christmas, Friday, December 16th, and again, if you can't purchase it uh, at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame, and we always recommend that you go to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Remember, they're open seven days a week, folks. They're only closed on major holidays. And it, 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 it's just a, a great visit if you can get up to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. It's up there on 14 Highway in Knoxville, Iowa. But... If you can't do it, you can always buy one of these Sprint Car Raffle tickets at SprintCarRaffle.com. That's SprintCarRaffle.com. And, again, if you can't, uh, if you're not comfortable doing that online, 
I know a lot of people that are older are not comfortable with giving their information online. You could always give them a call at 641-842-6176. That's 641-842-6176. And again, they're going to be giving away that Sprint car on Friday, December 16th. That's this year, folks. So buy you a Sprint, uh, Sprint car raffle ticket and buy you a Corvette raffle ticket as well. Again, win a Z06Corvette.com, win a Z06Corvette.com, and make sure you tell them the Racing Boys sent you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap up the show. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back to wrap it up. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. 
Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. Again, uh, Kirk Elliott, Austin O'Neill. I'm Scott Trailer. Thanks for everybody joining us here on the race. Paul says it. There is snow in New Mexico. In New Mexico. Yeah, that's what he's saying right here. There is snow in New Mexico. Usually around Albuquerque, you get up the elevations around there. You know, me and Scotty almost got killed one time up there in New Mexico. Do you remember that, Kurt? I remember you telling me about it. Somebody pulled out in front of you or something? No, no, no. We almost got hit head-on by a semi. Oh, my God. There was an accident on the mountain, and so they diverted us around on a two-lane highway, and Scotty Cook and I were going, and this semi pushed over into our lane, and I got over just far enough to the right. He missed us by about a foot. Oh, my God. I think I do remember you telling yeah. us about that. Boy, I you know, you were out there on the road all those years, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to get a call some night. That's it. Scott Trailer and Scotty Cook, gone. Gone. <laughs> and you had – that was the only time you had – Another time or two there where you had close call out there on the road. Uh, one time we were in uh, Mesquite, Texas, and a truck come out of a parking lot. And luckily, I I swerved and missed the truck as he came out of the parking lot. It would have T-boned us right in the side, and it probably would have killed Scotty Cook. Oh, might not have got to me, but it might have got Scotty. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then uh, somebody ran into you when you were pulling the golf cart down at Talladega. I remember that. I got ascended down in Talladega with the golf cart on the golf cart trailer by a NASCAR media van. And it did, like, what, $20,000 damage to our truck. Remember that, Kurt? Yeah. It, that was a big hit. Hurt the golf cart, too, didn't it? It it, it damn near destroyed the golf cart. Yeah. And sure. the trailer. Yeah. The trailer was totaled. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, I pulled it back. Remember, I pulled it back, and it was all bent up. Remember that? Do you remember that? When I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was used up, as they say. It was very used up. Hey, uh, I was looking down here. Kyle Spence won the uh, KKM race down at uh, Port City the other night, and he gets a ride in a uh, Keith Coons midget for next year. How about that? He outran... 
Frank Flood and Cannon McIntosh on Saturday night to do that. And I think he won on Friday night, too. Austin, didn't you say that there, at one time that they had a, an option where you could take $10,000 or the ride, right? We don't know if that's still the case or not, though, right? Yeah, I believe the first event uh, this was held at was Millbridge back in 2020. Uh, Brian Carter, Brian Carber won the race, and he elected to take the 15000 So your options were $15,000 or $5,000 and a Chili Bowl ride with Keith Coons. Um, at that point, uh, I just read an article that Brian decided to take the, the $15,000 as he um, you know, had, had things to take care of. He was trying to run his own Wing 360 program and, and had some injuries the past couple of years and was just trying to get you know, everything kind of back rolling for his program. And uh, you know, he said he was 26, 27 years old at that point, and it just uh, he knew where his career was going, and he knew you know the money you know would have would have went farther than than the ride probably would have, and he uh, he ended up taking the money. But I believe that a group of people on Facebook and some social media networks uh, worked together to uh, end up buying him the ride for the for the Chili Bowl. So uh, on top of getting the fifteen thousand dollars, he did take home or did go to did get to run the Chili Bowl, uh, you know, that next season. Caleb said it was $7,500 this year. Okay. Yeah. So Kyle Spence and a uh, Keith Coons midget at the Chili Bowl. How about that? How about that? Yeah, Spence has been really fast at at the shootout for the past couple years, and I think he won maybe one or two drillers at the shootout last year, and he's been been the the guy you have to beat uh, for, like I said, a couple years now, and it'll be really interesting to see, um, you know, what he can do in a – you know, top tier level midget ride at down there. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been just dominant in the non-wing program, and uh, you know, we see a lot of guys come out of the Maryland, you know, northeast area that are just uh, wheelmen, really. Um, and he's he's following suit with uh, with that stereotype. So we'll see we'll see how he does. I think he should do pretty good. Um, you know, this is a great opportunity for anybody that can win that race and, and get into Keith's equipment because it can it can take your career to the next level. Just and in a, in a you know quick second. Yeah, uh, I thought uh, Wayne Johnson was supposed to drive a uh, Silver Crown car at IRP this weekend. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, it, it, he told I heard me that the other day. He told me that himself on pavement. But I didn't see. I I don't see his name anywhere in here. Uh, the so Swanson, maybe it fell through. The Swanson brothers had a big day at IRP the other day, huh? Yeah. Cody wins the championship. And Tanner, no. Let's see. What was Tanner it? won the race. Tanner won the race, and Cody won the championship. Right. Yeah, they went into the feature tied with Logan CV. Cody and, and Logan were tied on points. Uh, Logan had a three-point advantage going into the, the evening, and uh, Cody went out there and had, had a good qualifying run and uh, was able to pick up three points and, and tied up uh, the standings going into the feature and, uh, of course, went out there and beat Logan. But uh, – it's not too often that we see anybody really give Tanner or Cody a, a run uh, for the championship, more Cody in the championship. But uh, yeah, it was really cool to see see someone like Logan Seavey, um have a shot at winning it, but just you know come up a little too short. Hey, can you look it up real quick? Because Caleb says he drove a 500 pavement sprint car, and he he thinks he finished 11th. Where would that? Where was would that? that have been a, did they run those cars at IRP the other day? Yes. I don't see the results of that. D- they did run them at IRP. Yes, the 500 Sprint Car Tour ran their season finale there. Oh. 
Well, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see the results there. So, well, let's I thought he was. I I, I could have swore he was going to drive a silver crown car. I I I don't know. Maybe so. Not. So it was a five hundred sprint car that he five hundred sprint out car. There. Man, that that series is getting pretty popular, isn't it, Austin? Yeah, it's uh, it filled a void that needed to be filled. You know, Indiana did not have a lot of sprint car or pavement sprint car racing. They had you know a couple of events like the little five hundred and and that throughout the year, and they they had cars. They just needed somewhere to go race. And uh, you know, this series, I believe, it's in its first year or second year now. I think it's second year. And it's it's just actually skyrocketing. I feel like they have. You know, 24-plus cars everywhere they go, and they have a good following. They have good pay, and, and they have a lot of energy going into next year. I believe their schedule uh, hinted a couple new tracks that would join the schedule, uh, you know, kind of in the Indiana surrounding state area, and a lot of excitement. And it's just, uh, like I said, it, it's hopefully we can see pavement sprint car racing, you know, along with midgets and silver crown cars. We're seeing the silver crown stuff kind of come back, but... Maybe more on the the midget and the sprint car side. Come back to what it used to be back in like you know, the '90s when when USAC was was dominating everything, and uh, hopefully we can bring back you know some of this kind of what like you know Stewart and and Jeff Gordon did come running USAC dirt and pavement, and now you know do this whole whole you know stepping stone deal to NASCAR like they did back in the '90s. Mm. So I see Tyler Roaring won the uh, feature race at IRP. I don't see the final run down here, so I'm not sure where Wayne Johnson ended up in that race. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the show today. Again, it's all been brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. I want to thank uh, Austin and Kirk for hanging out with me on Mondays as they normally do. Yeah, Kirk, go ahead. What do you think about Kyle Larson winning yesterday? We almost made it through the entire show without talking about cup racing. Yeah, but I like talking about Kyle Larson. That really surprised me because usually whenever a, a dirt guy wins, you did the same thing with Christopher Bell, and, and I, 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 uh, I, I, you I, talked about it for quite some time. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, 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 I'm good with uh, Kyle Larson winning, yeah. He dominated yesterday. It was questioning whether he was going to get it done, though, because uh, Martin Truex Jr. had the lead, but then uh, ran into the back of him on pit road, and Martin spun out. What do you think about that? I'm going to – I, to be honest with you, I didn't watch the race yesterday. You know what? why I didn't watch the race, Kurt? You're watching the Chiefs. I was watching my Chiefs play. <laughs> oh, and by the way, they kind of put it on the 49ers yesterday. They did. Yeah. My old quarterback made it in the game for the 49ers here at the end of the game. Did you see that? Was that Iowa State quarterback? Brock Purdy got in there. He had threw an interception there at the end and mop-up time, but uh, yeah. he got in. First yeah. NFL for the 49ers. That yep. was a beatdown by the Chiefs yesterday, was it not? It was. Uh, the best defense in the league, too, by the way. Putting 44 points on the 49ers. That, yeah. that shocked a lot of people. How about them Chiefs, says Caleb? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. That was a really good game. And uh, I think the Chiefs are are starting to get used to each other. I think the, the receivers are starting to starting to get and you know used to the system i think it is yeah is that right kurt yeah and to do that at their place out in the, yeah. the levi stadium when you beat big. the best defense in the league yeah you you've done something they did yeah hey but just just to finish up on the 
did you think Truex was more at fault for getting himself spun out on pit road, or did Larson make did you watch the race right yesterday, there? Austin? Uh, I, see, I see the incident between those two. What, what now, it, looked, it looked like, uh, first of all, you can't see very well. And both drivers said, you know, because you're facing into the sun and there's a lot of crap on the windshield and stuff and it's hard to see. And Martin trying to spot his pits just a little bit too late. He uh, started to slow down and even put on his brakes to try to get turned into his pits. And Larson was right behind him, as they always are, you know, keeping up with the speed and everything. Just got into the back of him, and around Truex went. Took mm. himself out of a chance of winning that race. Hmm. Was it a good race, or was it a boring race? Uh, there was some pretty good action in that race, but Larson had the by far the fastest. Did he run it up? I by think the... he ran like I think he led like 198 laps. Did he run it up by the wall? Ran it up by the wall. Yeah, and no, you know, there's not a lot of guys willing to do that. But oh, most of those cut guys are not afraid to run by the wall. But he does it better than everybody else. He, in he's that a race little bit track. better than everybody. That's else his first it. win at Homestead Speedway. So, huh? Fourteenth different. How Bell? How Bell end up? Uh, not so good. He lost points in the in the uh, final rundown. I, I'm not sure where he ended up in the. St- in the final rundown, but he lost points uh, and still buried in eighth place right now. He's got to go to Martinsville. He's got to win Martinsville to make the final four. He ran 11th. 11th, okay. Not as bad as you made it sound. But he lost points in the in the whole, uh, you know, he came in a certain amount of points and he lost points. So He moved ahead of Chase Briscoe in the point standings. Yeah, Briscoe finished 36 out of 36 cars. Oh, he did. Kind of hard to to gain points on or not gain points on a situation like that. Right. Yeah. So, um, but uh, but the bottom line is Bell's got to win at Martinsville to make it into the next to the final four. Does he not? Well, he 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 he's tied with Ryan Blaney right now for sixth. It's what it looks like to me. Chase Briscoe is a minus two points, so yeah, I think you're right, Kirk. I think that he's going to have to he's going to have to win. And it's only because uh, Bubba Wallace getting a little bit out of control. Why? I'd be so ticked off at Bubba Wallace right now. Man, the people have been pretty pretty hard on Bubba, haven't they? Yeah. Do you think he'll be humbled by that experience at all? Nope. Not at all. No. I don't either. No. He thinks he's a big deal. That's what he thinks. I just hope Martinsville's a better race than what we saw in the spring because the one we saw in the spring was not good. Um, here's what uh, uh, Caleb said. Um, he said, did you see where Larson said he – he was a big boy and doesn't get mad easy, nor does he expect an apology from Bubba. Yeah, I thought those I were thought good Bubba comments. did uh, publicly apologize. Not to Kyle, though. He never did to Kyle. He, he apologized to Christopher Bell and apologized to whoever for what he did, but he never apologized to Kyle. No, I don't think he's sorry. Never about came it. up personally and apologized to him face-to-face. No, face. I don't think he's sorry about his encounter he put with a, Kyle a PR 
a, a press release out saying he apologized, though. But he never went and apologized. You don't think he wrote that PR release? No, I don't think he wrote that. Line. Neither does Austin. Do you? No. Austin, you don't think so either. They don't write them. They don't write them. Uh-uh. No doubt. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the show. Tomorrow, we plan on having Mike Muller on, talk about his win up at U.S. 36 Raceway up in Osborne, Missouri. We hope that he'll be on with us tomorrow as well. Kirk says that he said he would be, so we expect him to be here tomorrow with us. Uh, again, for Austin O'Neill, for my partner Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. See you tomorrow. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil. It works.